0: and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the incredulous Matt. Hello. I mean, maybe not incredulous today. We'll find out, won't we? We'll we'll see. We'll find out one way or the other. um, So you should already be aware, hopefully, if you're not. I mean, if you're joining us for the first time, this is a strange place to jump on. Well, not the worst place, because, you know, new Doctor, which is exciting. We are talking about The Christmas Invasion. David Tennant's first episode of Doctor Who? Yeah, but not our first run in with the tenth Doctor. Obviously we had lost luggage a couple of episodes ago. <laughs> oh yes, the the Decide um... Your Destiny adventure book. Yeah, that was riveting stuff. Have you recovered yet? Um, not fully, to be honest. I mean, it, it does pain me every time you mention it. Um, So Christmas Invasion yeah, then. Yeah, and so. in fact, we you not your first taste of, of David Tennant in the role proper because I did also make you watch Born Again, the yes. Children in Need yeah. uh, Christmas mini-episode. Which made which, a lot more sense once I'd watched this episode. Yes, yeah. A lot of the questions I think I asked at the time yeah. are answered here. And I did say, it will just... Or be answered, but it's just—it's just a nice little prequel, and I thought it would, it would be better off sticking it in the series wrap-up than just making you watch it as extra homework. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, so... this is the twenty-fifth of December, two thousand and five. Yeah. I would have been twenty. So I would have been—I guess nineteen then. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So you weren't—you weren't sitting down with the family to watch uh, Doctor Who on Christmas Day? No, I'd have probably. Let me think. If I was twenty. Yeah it would have been Nintendo GameCube era. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So... So I'd have probably just been playing Wind Waker. Oh, I mean, you could do a lot worse. Yeah. Mrs. and I are playing the uh, HD remake at the moment. Is it good? Lo- it's lovely. I mean, it's Wind Waker, isn't it? It's the same game. It's just as good <laughs> as it was, but it's just... Yeah. It looks okay on an HD telly. Excellent. Um, so, before we jump into anything this episode, yeah, I, I need to address what became my sort of hook for this episode, the one thing I couldn't look past. Right. So we've joked in the past about characters that are named but never seen. We Mm -hmm. had Wilson in the first episode, we had Rodrigo in the last episode. I know who it's going to be in this one. I want to see if you can name every new character introduced in this episode. (laughs) What, the ones include ones off screen? Yeah, every time they're mentioned... I've drawn a circle around them in oh, my notes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I I'm never going to manage it with all of them. The one that sticks out, um, and I and I'm going to get the name wrong. I reckon is it Howard? Howard from the market. Yeah, Jackie's yes. that Jackie's new squeeze. Yeah, yeah, Howard from the market. So in chronological order, yes, we have Stevo. Do you know who Stevo is? I can't remember. It's been a couple of days since I watched the episode. Okay, he's o? one of the mechanics that works with Mickey. All right. At yeah. one point, Mickey just looks over his shoulder and starts shouting, "Stevo!"
1: <laughs> yeah. We
0: then have Tina the cleaner, and she has a medical student lodger. Yeah. Not named, but there's another new character. Mm-hmm. Then we have Howard. Yeah. That we've covered. Do you remember Stan? I don't remember Stan. Okay. When these me- all just are these all just denizens of the Powell estate that um, Jackie. No, 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 no. Mickey suggests they go to Stan's when they need a safe house. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. I wonder what's so, so safe about Stan's place. Who knows? Maybe. Oh, he's probably just got an Xbox, hasn't he? Yeah, something to kill the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then, cousin Mo? Yeah. Okay, so when Mickey suggests they go to Stan's, yeah. Rose suggests they go to Cousin, cousin Mo's. Mo. But then it turns out she's moved, hasn't she? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Then a, we have Danny Llewellyn, but he's actually quite an important character in the episode. Oh yes, yeah. You didn't necessarily know that going At the in, time. but yeah. Likewise, when we're introduced to Sally. Oh yeah. I guess she's kind of. Im- she's not that important, no. You are just sort of forced to care about her a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Sandra. God, who who's Sandra? I'll give you a clue. She's married to Jason. Oh, is that just like the, some of the random people on the street when, when yeah, yeah. yeah like okay. Alan? Yeah, I mean, and his children, <laughs> Katrine and Jonathan. A lot of this episode yeah. is just <laughs> jump cuts of people shouting names. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, there's just a bit where they're just going, Alan, <laughs> Katrine, <laughs> Jonathan, yeah, Jason, Sandra. It's that it's that yeah. human element that RTD excels at, isn't it? It, after, <laughs> after the first few, yeah. I was like, this is getting really annoying. But then there's a whole, probably three, four minute scene yeah. where it's just people saying names. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, you're doing it a little bit short. There's more going on than just that. and They're, they're perhaps justified. Should we just get <laughs> into it? Yes. Should we just okay. get... Okay, right. right. So, unsurprisingly, we start in London. Uh, before we, In fact, before we start, usual scale, good episode, bad episode. Okay. Um, for what it's worth, I would say good episode, bad bits. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah? I'd agree. Cool. I, th- I think there's more good than bad. I don't think it's a bad episode with good bits. No, I, I think a lot of the best stuff is, is in the final act, which is a rarity. And, and, and I would say yeah. the bits... I don't particularly like mm. Tis the Season and all that, yeah. but didn't necessarily like the way they just segued in loads of Christmas references, certainly yeah. in the opening. The, the... opening stuff, is a, it's just like, yeah. RTD was just like, ah, oh, i am writing a Christmas episode, jeez. Be- because uh, without jumping ahead, yeah. it, towards the climax of the yeah. episode, yeah. where, again, I don't yeah. want to jump ahead, so I yeah. won't say too much, but there's clear blue skies, that could be yeah. a summer's day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it would have been filmed in the height of summer. Yeah. (laughs) So they just sort of bookend it with Christmas. Bit of Christmas, yeah. Then plot... Then Christmas again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay, yeah, yeah let's so, get stuck in. So Jackie's putting up her Christmas tree. She is. And in fact, uh, can we make mention of the fact that we're starting... We have that same sort of crash zoom from out, from out to space yeah, down into Earth and it's back into the same... So it's a conscious echo of the start of Rose. But this yeah. time, rather than the alarm clock, it's a bauble. Yeah. One thing I want to talk about. We've mentioned... Steve O is a mechanic that works with Mickey. Yeah. If Mickey's a mechanic, yeah. why does he insist on driving <laughs> such shit cars? It's and it's, uh, is there a link between his job as a mechanic and yeah. the mysterious Rodrigo? Both are very valid questions that I am unable to answer. Okay. Yeah. Now they both hear the TARDIS. Yes. How deafeningly loud is the TARDIS? <laughs> oh, it it must be have a fair old whack. I mean, I don't know whether it is louder than usual because um, of the circumstances under which it's being piloted. Yeah. And how Let's come no one that... else hears it? <laughs> I don't know. It's just one of those things, isn't it? It's just... <sighs> so, Jackie Jackie <laughs> proclaims that Rose is alive. Yep. I mean, we... that's jumping to conclusions, Jackie. Yeah. I mean, she was alive the last time Jackie saw her, but obviously yeah. she knows literally seconds after yeah. she vanishes she could actually be dead. Yep hundred years ago and we would never know that yeah the Tardis crashes yeah and the Doctor says he's got an important message for them yeah he wishes them a Merry Christmas then faints yeah and that's pretty much all the Doctor we get for the next 40 minutes (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. so Rose explains to Jackie and Mickey that this is the Doctor yeah Jackie asks Doctor Who yeah da 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 it's not getting old anytime soon (laughs) nah that, that, trust me, we're still doing this ten series in. It's right, you're not right. gonna you're not gonna get away from those. So <laughs> whilst the doctor's faint eared, unconscious. Yeah. Rose listens to both his hearts using a stethoscope mm-hmm. from the medical student lodger of Tina the Cleaner. Oh yes, there we go. Yeah. yeah it's very convenient full circle. There. Yeah. It's very convenient that, isn't it, that she can just go and nick a stethoscope. And it's at this point that we uh, find out. That Jackie is dating Howard from the market. Oh, yes. Yeah. And seemingly, when no one pays attention, the Doctor just spits out some magic dust. Yeah. Yeah, we get a bit of that sort of glowy regeneration energy that we uh, saw at the end of the last episode. Yeah, And as promised in World War Three, Harriet Jones is now the Prime Minister. Yeah. Were you expecting Harriet Jones to make a comeback? No, but it's like a, a nice touch. It because, is, isn't it? Yeah. You know, we've established continuity is... Yeah questionable at best it comes and goes yeah um but yeah so it's it is nice um i think what you find is that continuity tends to be okay within a particular showrunner's era and then at that point they pretty much wipe the board clean and start over more often than not the reason she's shown on television is they're celebrating the launch of the british space probe guinevere one yeah have you ever been to the national space center I don't think I have. I would love to go. I think it's just outside Leicester. Yeah. I think I, I went when I was at university. Did you enjoy it? It's not Cape Canaveral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's fair to say Britain doesn't really... It, it's not trying to punch above its weight when it no. comes to space exploration. And that's only going to decline further, mm. in, uh, given our current circumstances. So, once Guinevere <sighs> 1 is launched, yeah. an asteroid ship... Sucks it in. So I think I'm right in saying they're tracking the movement of this asteroid. Yeah, but it's pretty okay. apparent early on. It's not yeah. just an asteroid. So oh, this is this is the, is this the first time we see the Sycorax ship? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Can I talk about how much I love the design of the Sycorax ship? It is gorgeous. It looks like it's like a floating island. It's mm. this kind of organic. It's almost like a like a mountain. What what it it reminded me of, there was new stories relatively recently Mm. where there was, I think, an asteroid had passed Earth orbit. And because of its shape, it was javelin-shaped, I believe. Right, yeah. And sensationalists were like, oh, it could be in in life. Yeah, It it reminded me quite a bit of that. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting design. I like Mm. that they didn't just go with... I mean, and it's a lovely contrast from uh, the your classic UFO type ship mm. that we saw in no, absolutely. Um, with the Daleks. So we then cut to Mickey and Rose walking through London. Yep, holding hands. It's nice, isn't it? Not for Tricia Delaney. It's not. Yeah, I'm assuming that didn't last after the uh, incidents of Boomtown. Oh, I should maybe put the weight back on. <laughs> <laughs> and they notice. Well, Rose certainly notices. One of the Santa Clauses has like a weird mask. Oh, yes, yeah. You've got like this little... You know, your traditional Christmas brass uh, ensemble yeah. playing the carols. They're dressed up as Santas, but they've got like these creepy tin masks and beards over them. Mm. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's immediately off-putting. And yeah, and they sort of wrap up their carol and then it all goes a bit then silly, it, doesn't it? Turns it turns out their trombones are actually flamethrowers. Yeah. So Rose, Rose <laughs> and Mickey run home. Yeah. Now, unfortunately... I missed this one earlier when we were discussing it. They couldn't contact Jackie because she was on the phone to Bev. Oh, yeah. Bev. Bev. A pivotal plot point. I love all of the little details of Jackie's life that we get. I I would rather there was just one character. Yeah. It's Rodrigo, now owns the garage, has the medical student (laughs) lodger, is dating Jackie, is on the phone to her, and can offer them a safe house. And that we can never never see. Yeah. 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 It's important that we never see him. But yeah, that would be that would be an interesting way to do it. I think, uh, I don't know, but Jackie, you know, you get the impression that she is a, a bit of a pillar of the community, really. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think and everybody I, I knows I think Jackie and Jackie we, knows everybody. I think we almost did her a disservice with yeah. season one, where she's intentionally grating. Yes. But she does have that fierce loyalty uh-huh. and a real maternal instinct yeah so, absolutely you know ah. she's a bit of a mother hen yeah definitely so from there the doctor begins exhaling that the gas yeah type stuff whilst they're trying to plan what their next step is yeah the christmas tree lights up yeah yeah and we um, get our second dose of killer christmas yeah, it yeah. spins mentally. Yeah, so whilst we have it's... a sort of demented version of Jingle Bells playing in the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is the bit I, I feel we probably could have done without. Yeah, it didn't need to be a Christmas tree. That could have been anything. Though I did like the callback to, to to Mickey's what seems to be patented standard defense of just pick up a chair. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> which calls right back to the, the, the Slitheen episodes because yeah. 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 it worked so well there. Yeah. <laughs> So the tree hunts them down until Rose says, "Help me to the yeah. doctor," and, and yeah, he just uh, sonics it. Yeah, yeah. which is, I, I I'll be honest, it's one of my bugbears with the modern series is when something is just like, "Oh, this is a threat." No, it's not Sonic. Yeah, he just I've just put yeah, switch the off he, button. Yeah, he doesn't have a gun. No. but he has a machine that can immediately terminate life. Yeah. Or oh, i mean—it's not a life. It's—it's—it's—it's like a—it's like a, it's like a an automaton at best. It's, yeah. it's not a living thing, okay. the Christmas tree. But but still, it's—it um, it, just—it seems like almost a bit like it, it's just padding, really, isn't it? It's just like I've got an hour. It's Christmas. Fuck it, kill a Christmas tree. That'll that'll kill two minutes. <laughs> so when they, when they look outside, all the Santas from before disappear. Yeah, and they're described as pilot fish. Yes, the doctor's explanation is basically. They are like the little fish that swim in front of the shark. Yeah, yeah. Um, So they're there to pick up the morsels of food from something bigger. Yes. So we've got this ominous threat. And we find out at this point, Howard keeps apples in his dressing gown. I love this detail. See, (laughs) at at the time, I was just like, what is going on here? (laughs) But then, knowing what I know now... yeah. I'm glad that was dropped in. Yeah, it's it's fun. Otherwise, it would just come out of nowhere at the end. Yeah. It? But, but um, yeah. yeah. That would be like me just recording this and just like, oh, my brother likes soup. And then never <laughs> getting there. Never getting there. Because, you know, we've had, oh, Rodrigo, he owns yeah. a vehicle recovery service. Yeah. And that never went anywhere. Yeah. This time, I was just thinking... Why do they insist on doing yeah. this? And I, and I love that, obviously, how it is from the market. And presumably, I think it's it established that he's specifically a greengrocer, I think. Um, to, to use your phrase, in yeah. headcanon. Yes, yeah. where it. I yeah. Went. Yeah, definitely. So, makes okay. perfect sense. So, Mickey does his favourite thing mm-hmm. and uses a computer. The magic of Buffalo. Yeah. And. We know what he's going to do. Yep. He just immediately hacks the government. Yep. you know his defining character I mean, right? I mean, technically, Rose could hack the government because it's it's just Buffalo, isn't it? That's See, that was the American government and the British one I, could I'm, just be cam. I w- I thought they were pretty clear that it works like all over. It's a yeah. glo- it's a global system, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and- Whilst he's using that to research pilot fish, yeah. even though the doctors explain to them what it is, <laughs> the, uh, a monster appears on the TV. Yeah. What did you think of the design of this alien? I liked them more without the mask than with. Really? I'm the other way around. Really? I love the mask. I'm not such a big fan when they take the mask off. I'm like, oh, I really like that sort of more insectoid look that they have. No, I... I mean it makes for a good gag when uh, which we'll get to when, when yeah. it happens but yeah but e- either way even with the mask on, we do not say it's it's kind of a pretty good oh, design it's, it's definitely uh, properly threatening uh, one yeah. of the more intimidating yeah you know up until now probably the scariest we've had in terms of aliens because I would probably say the scariest is maybe the empty child yeah but if we said for aliens it's probably the slitheen but they have a very cartoony face. Yeah. You know, yeah. they do have huge claws and are quite intimidating in stature. Yeah. Whereas this is clearly something nasty. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think you can start to detect as well that maybe they've had a little nudge up in the budget from series Whoa. one.
1: Whoa, because definitely.
0: <laughs> I mean, you can tell that with the CGI as well, and it's certainly they were wrapping up the the the, the broadcast of series one. Uh, by the time uh, they were commissioned to do this first Christmas special, that was never part of the original plan to do a Christmas special, but they were like, okay, well, this is a perfect opportunity to introduce the new Doctor nice and early, get people on board for it in advance of Series 2. And and, a lower tradition was born with the Doctor Who Christmas special. Yeah. I thought the Sycorax, in terms of being sort of a warrior race and humanoid, they really reminded me of the Klingons. Yeah, I could get that. There's, yeah, There's a a real parallel. Yeah, there. definitely. Definitely. At this point in my notes, I've just written Harriet Jones to the rescue. Yeah. I've written, shall I say in my notes, Harriet Jones is fucking brilliant. Yeah. She's just great, isn't she? Yeah. 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 And in our end of series, sort of wrap up, the yeah. secondary characters we liked. Yeah. And I made a big point of discussing Nancy. I think, yeah. again, we did a bit of a disservice to Harriet Jones. Potentially, she's, yeah she's a good character, yeah, I think she resonates more and more with time as if you look at where our political landscape has gone since this was made mm. you look at what where we are right now um, mm. <laughs> for, so, for, for context listeners uh, our government has re- was recently uh, voted to be in contempt of parliament for the first time in British history yeah. Um, as a result of the shenanigans surrounding Brexit, it's dark and cynical political times in this country. See, what, and yeah, one thing I was very mindful watching this. Yeah, is the last time we saw Harriet Jones in the World War Three yeah. story was you made a point of telling me that it was a parallel of the Iraq War. That was always at the forefront of yeah. my mind. So you know there is a part where I think she's talking to America. Yes, and she says we are not going to have a war. Yeah, she says we. Yeah, I think something like we're not your puppets yeah. and we're not going to turn this into a war. Yeah, yeah. So that that yeah. was always sort of at the forefront. Yeah, there, there is uh, Harriet Jones is definitely to a large extent RTD's idealized vision of what a British prime minister should be, mm. rather than necessarily the kind of Prime Minister we've had in, in yeah. memory. She's, she's definitely, <laughs> definitely very virtuous. Yeah. And... yeah, which I think makes it all, all the more interesting when we get to her final scenes. But anyway, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. <laughs> Sally. I, yeah. I, I'd forgotten she existed until you yeah. just said that again. The most one-dimensional <laughs> character, but Sally. I mean, she's always like, she puts me in mind almost of that uh, uh, female character in the Dalek episode, who's like the sort of right-hand man of yes. uh, Van Staten. yes. Just Similarly she's there just there simply because they needed someone to talk to. Yeah. And she tells Harriet the aliens are on the way fast. Yeah. But by now Mickey's hacked the military. Yeah, So he also knows that information. Yeah. And this is oh can I can I mention as well this is taking place in a in a unit base isn't it? Again I think that, yeah. I think I've got I've made a note here that we're it back is. in units. Yeah. Uh, so this is a, another little dose of unit for you. The horrible aliens talk to earth. Yes. And the TARDIS isn't translating the message. No, yeah. okay. And I think Rose says the line that the Doctor is broken. Yeah. I'm in two minds about this as a plot device. I really like the way it's handled in the scene uh, towards the end. But it annoys me that we've now got... RTD's basically added in this idea that essentially... It's not just the TARDIS doing the translating. It's like somehow some kind of symbiosis between the TARDIS and, and the, the doctor. doctor. And you need the Doctor as, as a link. Otherwise, it doesn't... Yeah, That kind of annoys me. That mm-hmm. kind of flies in the face of what I've known previously about the TARDIS translation system. The, th- the thing yeah. is, it's... I don't know. We, we've sort of come to these speed bumps on the road quite a bit. Yes. And the first time we experience something different it really sort of confuses me. Yeah. And then it sort of just becomes the norm. Yes. So the first time anything like this happens, I just think, wait a minute. <laughs> but then it it just becomes yeah, you know, normality. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's never going to come up as a thing again, yeah. that you need the doctor for the translation to work but anyway but anyway it it doesn't really matter because apparently unit have just got their own um magic translation system which can instantly translate an entirely new alien language that we have never experienced before as a as a species now one one thing i want to touch on this episode and it sort of starts at this point yes is harriet jones asks for the doctor yeah but she also asks for torchwood yeah. And, you know they've been alluded to but they're mentioned frequently throughout this episode. They are, aren't they? Yeah. Was Torchwood as a series launched at this point? Not quite. I think right. Torchwood comes in a little bit later, but I think perhaps RTD had already started to have some discussions behind the scenes with um the BBC. Right. And was already starting to draw up some early plans. So yeah. Right. So the Cigarax aliens claim mm. now that they own the earth. Yes. Harriet extends peace to them. Yeah. And in response they cast a spell that affects Sally. Yeah. Sandra's husband Jason. Ah. Uh, Jason. Yeah. Katrine. Yeah. Jonathan. Yeah. Those well-established characters. Yep. So I, I was totally invested at this yeah, point. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I mean, but and, and it's later... It, and it's kind of established, isn't it? It's about a third of the the yeah. world's population yeah, seem to be sort of, like, zombified and sort of, like, walking hypnotically out onto the nearest roof. Yeah, they're all heading to high ground yeah. to jump, effectively. Well, well, that's, the, ju- that's the implied yeah. threat, isn't it? Yeah. Now, this reminded me of the single worst film I have ever seen. In my early 20s, there was a period where me and a couple of friends, every Saturday, would probably rent three or four films from Blockbuster, right. sit and watch them, or we'd go to the cinema. Yeah. So we'd seen some real guff. Yeah. Are you aware of the film The Happening by M. Night Shyamalan? No. I'm I'm aware of him as a director and his reputation. I don't believe I've seen a single one of his films. Okay. Here's the plot of The Happening. Okay. It's modern day Earth. Yeah. Matt Wahlberg is the main character. Okay. Okay. Now, the human race, as we know, are doing some serious damage to the planet. Yeah. Global warming, pollution. So all the plants on planet Earth get really mad (laughs) and release pheromones that make people kill themselves. Okay. So just imagine a film about Mark Wahlberg shouting at trees. (laughs) I mean, you're selling it to me, I'll be Uh, honest. It is appallingly boring. Oh, that's a shame. Appallingly. Now, M. Night Shyamalan actually directed one of my favourite films, mm-hmm. Signs. I don't yeah. know if you've seen it. I'm that. aware of it. it. Fantastic alien invasion film. Cool. That's where I thought we were going Yeah. with The Happening. Yeah. I can vividly remember my friend's dad, who accompanied us to the cinema quite yeah. a bit. He would always yeah. offer to drive. Standing up in front of a packed cinema, throwing his ticket on the ground, <laughs> and people cheering. <laughs> that's amazing so, so maybe not cheering but certainly supporting <laughs> his distaste yeah. of this film well, you, sometimes you just got to make a stand <laughs> I've had to Wikipedia that film before yeah. to make sure it existed and wow. it wasn't some nightmarish FIFA dream I think I need to watch it now would you say was it kind of giving you that same sense of dread like oh we is it going are we going down this road here I would rather see a direct threat then just go stand on these buildings. We're going to make you jump off. Yeah. Because another film it reminded me of. Have you ever seen the Mighty Morphing Power Rangers film? I don't believe so. No. Okay, the villain in that, yeah. Ivan Ooze. Yeah. Is as stupid as the name sounds. Uh-huh. With Through adult eyes. Yeah. He invents a toy, which is basically slime. Uh-huh. And when people play with it, it possesses their minds yeah. and they're basically all going to walk to a pit to leap to their doom. Oh yeah. So sim- similar kind of concept. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think the thing is be prepared you're going to see a, a lot more of these kinds of threats than you are direct shooty bang bang threats in Doctor right. Who just because it's that kind of show. They don't really have the budget and it's not really interested it's not Star Wars. No. It's no. not going to be think, telling like, those kinds of stories. Now. I'm yeah. not expecting yeah. swashbuckling action. Though, having said that, <laughs> yeah. we've got some juicy stuff on that uh, front to come. Anyway. Okay. So, yeah. at this point, everybody who's directly affected by this within the base has their medical records checked. Yeah. And it turns out all the people affected are a positive blood group. Yeah. And so we find out. Link. That, that stupid fuckhead, Danny Llewellyn, oh. put a vial of blood on Guinevere 1. It's a bit creepy, that, isn't it? Like, I get the whole Golden Record type, um, you know, sending a message out into space uh, kind of yeah. business like they did with, with the uh, Voyager probes. But having said that, I'm pretty sure they didn't put vials of blood no. on them because that's kind of just creepy and weird. I think there's a reason the British space race <laughs> is so <laughs> far behind everyone else. <laughs> So anyway, fucked up things like that. Yeah, because it's Christmas Day, Hillary Jones hijacks the Queen's speech mm-hmm. and implores that the Doctor help. Yeah, and there's a huge explosion, a sonic wave. It turns out as the Sycorax ship enters Earth's atmosphere. Yeah, smashes how, like so many windows. It, like isn't it like a shot of like the Gherkin just getting obliterated. How much better yeah. is this? Than the introduction of the Slytherin ship, it oh, is the, night and day, isn't it? In terms of CGI quality, just yeah, everything, everything. about yeah. it. This yeah. is ominous. It's dark. Yeah. It's foreboding. I I do love the creeping, uh, like jagged shadow of the of the Sycorax ship. Mm. I mean, again, I just love that ship design. It's a real it's a real doozy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm fond because it's such an iconic shot. I'm fond of the shot of the of the. What turns out to be the fake uh, ship in the yes. Slitheen thing uh, uh, crashing through Big Ben. I think that's a that's a fun shot, but I mean, it doesn't doesn't ring true necessarily. No. <laughs> but I enjoy so it. So Rose yeah. and Mickey carry the Doctor to the TARDIS. Yeah. Harriet Jones is teleported to the Sycorax to some sort of like council meeting. Yeah. It, it's a cross between a Colosseum and a council meeting. Yeah. That you got sort of like you have got the 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 one. Main Cigarettes leader guy, and then you've got the rest of them all kind of just standing around in robes in uh, around, sort of around the perimeter. Am, am I right in thinking the leader's called Big Fella? Uh, <laughs> he that's gets, what they gets referred to. Referred to as nothing but Big Fella. <laughs> okay, yeah. So this is where we see the unmasking. Yes. of the Cigarettes, and I've just put they're very ugly. Yeah. Oh well, that, it's it's basically all in service of one gag, which is um, that Danny Threludden looks at him and says oh, it's a mask. They might be like us. And then he takes off the mask and they don't look like us. Yeah. So the... They've got sort of like protruding bone around their face. And like... And and it always looks like they've... Exposed flesh. Yeah, it doesn't look like they've got skin on the remaining face. So, yeah. Pretty creepy. The Cigarettes offer surrender. Yeah. Or they'll release the final curse. Yeah. And when Danny Llewellyn and I've just put random army guy challenge this Yeah, they're killed by like an electronic whip yeah that's that what it looks like sort of disintegrates them yeah basically just leaves nothing but the bones it's very efficient so, um yeah and, and the random army guy you were thinking of i believe was a major in within units um, right yeah so harriet jones is given the option yes that half of mankind is sold to slavery mm-hmm. or a third die yeah and at this point the cigarettes Detect the TARDIS and accuse Earth of conspiring with other yeah. extraterrestrial beings. If you were in Harriet Jones's shoes there and you had mm. to make that choice, third of the Earth's population dies or um half go into slavery. It's not a fun choice, is it? No. I don't know, maybe just death. You can make more people, can't we? Yeah, get it over yeah. and done with. Yeah. If you just say the third that you want to die are yeah. like aged sixty plus then- They've had their yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, that that's they did they didn't. Free up they, NHS yeah. hospital beds. They un- the <laughs> unfortunately, in this case, the Sykora's weren't manipulating <laughs> just pensioners onto the roofs. I think if if they were, maybe Harriet Jones would have had an easier time of it. The TARDIS is beamed on board. Yes. And Rose and Mickey run outside. Yeah. Back inside the TARDIS, Jackie spills some tea. Yeah. And I think, it's, is it not Mickey that spills the tea? It, it could oh, be, yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, yeah, the and, tea is spilled. It's and the, important the thing. smoke of steam yeah. awakens the doctor. Yes. It, and, and, I, and I do love that detail, that basically the thing that needed to bring him round from his post-regenerative uh, coma was just a cup of tea. And especially because Jackie suggests just getting him a cup of tea, Yeah. and Rose just says, oh, what a stupid suggestion. Yeah, yeah. Because... Victory for Jackie there. uh, You know, just to pull back the curtain a little bit, every episode we have a cup of tea whilst we record. We do. There's Um, nothing better. There isn't, no. And and I like that. And it's just a little reminder of just how, like, irredeemably British Doctor Who is. Like, no other... If this was an American, there's no way that the entire resolution of the third act would hang on a cup of tea. No, it'd be something (laughs) like Pepsi-Cola and it would show a short advert for Pepsi. Oh, yeah, it would. And yeah. they'd all be wearing Pepsi-branded clothing. Yeah, none of that here. Not on our BBC. No. <laughs> right. Now, one one thing I want to discuss, because there's a part here that brought a smile to my face. Uh-huh. In, in a way I didn't think possible, uh-huh. because in past episodes, when you said, do you like Doctor Who? Yeah. And I said, no. When Rose <laughs> gives a speech citing all the previous aliens... <laughs> I gave a little smile. Ah, I quite liked. That. Yeah, all these little callbacks as so she's de- like r- rattling through her little mental rolodex, yeah. trying to think of all of the um, the aliens she's encountered. Where was this knowledge when she was on the weakest link? Ah. She would have won. Well, you you know th- those questions didn't come up. Hmm. If there'd been questions about the thing, she'd have been <laughs> laughing. But sadly, not at this point. Amidst a big speech, yeah. the cigarettes begins speaking English. Yes. And I, I watched the episode with subtitles. I'm yes. one of those people that always has subtitles on yeah, TV. Yeah, I often do as well. And yeah. when I realised it had gone to English, part of me thought, well, what? Yeah. And I didn't make the link to the TARDIS yeah. until probably the best bit of this episode, where the Doctor Boots open the door yeah. in the most heroic way possible. Yeah, and his line, did you miss me? Yeah. And the thing is, We've had an hour-long episode of Doctor Who, 40 minutes of which es- essentially has been without Doctor Who. Um, so by that point, yeah, you really are missing but, him. But at the same time, no. This is you a didn't? really good episode yeah. and he barely features. Yeah. You I know? mean, I, 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 think I, your mileage we, may we, vary. Yeah. I think if we'd been watching this at the time yeah. and we were excited to see a new Doctor, we yes. would have been chomping at the bit. Absolutely, yeah would be screaming when he <laughs> cites that line. Yeah. Um, I th- it is a good entrance. And and I think from this point on, I've got to be honest, I love pretty much every second of it. I, yeah. I really do. Because it's... as soon as he leaves the TARDIS, yeah. he basically starts laying the smack down. Yeah. And he gives this speech, yeah. which is as good as anything we've seen so far, I would mean. yeah. say. So yeah. This is... David Tennant really setting his stall out yeah, and yeah. in a really, really yeah. good way. And the, the kind of the overarching theme of it is basically, look, a new body, new new me, I don't know who I am. What kind of man am I? Is kind of the overarching theme of it. And, and so he doesn't necessarily, and he's basically using that as a threat to the cigarettes, Like, mm. I'm so unpredictable, I don't know what I'm going to do uh, to you. Uh, and I did yeah. really like the bit where he's talking about mankind. Yeah, and he basically says, you know, from the day they arrived on the yeah. planet, yeah. blinking, stepped into the sun. Yeah, it's more to see than ever be seen. <laughs> yeah, There's more to do than <laughs> can ever be done. And I just thought, hang on, that's the Lion King. And then and at that exact moment, the Doctor yeah. says, "Hang on, that's the Lion King." <laughs> yeah, and, and he, the comic timing there is absolutely perfect, isn't it? it? Just gave you the perfect <laughs> amount of time to think. That's the Lion King. <laughs> yeah. and he says, "That's the Lion King." Yeah, yeah. It's... No, that that whole scene <laughs> is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and it ends with the Doctor pressing the button that will release the people under this. Yeah, and he basically dismisses it. He says, "Oh, oh this is like what we call—they call it blood control." It's and he says, essentially, it's like voodoo, and like and that it was a low-level kind of hypnosis, but it could never have push yeah. them to actually Surviv- jump off. I think he yeah. says survival instinct would yes. kick in. Yes. And it's more of a threat than a weapon. Exactly. And of course if you if you're if you're using it against a species that's never seen anything like that before, it's gonna be a very effective threat. Yeah. Absolutely. Um so yeah. Um so following that, the doctor challenges Big Fella, leader of the Syrahs, yeah. for the planet. Champion Brilliant. versus yeah. champion. For yeah. all my expectation was Christopher Eccleston as a big burly fellow would be Fighting, yeah. He's sort of headstrong and thoughtful, yeah. And immediately we've got David Tennant coming out the blocks, who is small and weedy, yeah, looking for a fight, yeah, in his pajamas, yeah, in <laughs> so, Howard's pajamas, in Howard's pajamas, yes. But, Which is just mad, is it? It's, it's lovely. It's just that, that's married really well with as soon as the fight starts, mm. he just gets his hand cut off straight away, yeah, pretty much, yeah. And so. I mean, I don't know if you were thinking at that point, like, oh, wow, is, are they going to have multiple series of one-handed David Tennant? Yeah. Um, Or did you ever think that for a second? Were you like, oh, he's got to grow a hand back. Well, this was my first regeneration, and, yeah. you know, I, I've asked questions in the past, yeah. and I, I don't fully know what this process entails. Yeah. yeah. So I was unaware that for the first 15 hours, he would be able to just... Yeah. Grow a new home. I think it's it's fair to say most Doctor Who fans were unaware of that as well. <laughs> this episode was so broadcast. One of those convenient we yeah. need a plot point. Yeah. Here it is. I mean it's, it is it is always established that basically post regeneration the doctor is generally a little bit, you know, off-kilter and figuring himself out and 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 that it it it's, it serves two purposes. One one it makes for an interesting story and element in its own right, but it also gives the actors a bit of wiggle room mm-hmm. to find their feet within the role and to find their take on it. Now, having said that, there are elements of uh, of Tennant's performance here which you, I look at it now. And I'm just like, oh, that is very consistent with what we get for for um, mm-hmm. his entire tenure. So, so, once the Doctor beats. Cigarettes. Yeah. He exiles them from Earth. Yeah. And I really like the end of this fight. Mm-hmm. I really like it. I, um, I mean, I've mentioned it before. I, I don't know if you're aware, in Dragon Ball Z, yeah, there's basically the main character, Goku, is Superman, for want of a better term. Right. And when he fights the big, big bad guy, yeah. I think there's four or five seasons building up to him fighting a character called Freezer. Right. And the fight is so big they have to evacuate an entire planet because wow. they're basically going to destroy it. Okay. And but when he's got Freezer beaten, right at the very end, he grants him mercy, tells him just to go, never yeah. come back. Yeah. And as soon as he turns his back, Freezer begins to attack him in the back. Yeah. And Goku. We get the, yeah. And Goku because he's Won the fight. He yeah. It's more power. He just blasts him to bit. He doesn't want yeah. to. But yeah. he does it. Yeah. And that's what I really like here. Because the Doctor has done everything in his power mm-hmm. to give the Sycorax the chance just to go. Yeah. And when he turns his back, one attacks. Yeah. And the best plot point of the whole episode, <laughs> as we know, Howard yeah. keeps fruit in his dressing gown. <laughs> yeah. So the doctor just has a satsuma. The most the most Christmas of Christmassy of all the fruits. Uh, yep. Yep. And he throws it at a button which yep. just opens a trapdoor and big fella falls from the space. Down he goes down to earth. And and he walks away with this proper badass end of the action film yeah. thing saying, No second chances. I'm <laughs> yeah. that kind of a man. Yeah. And it's just like how can you be that cool? When you're standing in a dressing gown and you've you've won this fight by just lobbing a yes, Satsuma, satsuma. Yeah. <laughs> Only in Doctor Who. So following that we sort of have the show's resolution. Yes. And this is one of the best bits of the episode. This mm-hmm. conversation between Harriet and the Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. So Which kind of it comes out of the blue almost. Like yes, yes, they've been setting up Torchwood, but I think going into this they could quite easily have not had this whole uh, thread and just kind of left on the big heroic... Yeah. Yeah, moment. Yeah. But... But... So, the Doctor warns Harriet yeah. that Earth's drawing attention to itself. Yeah. And following that, they sort of agree to sort of part ways. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Harriet orders Torchwood to fire upon the ship. Yeah. Um, and we get a proper... like It's like a Death Star type yeah. laser yeah. beaming out into space... Obliterates the retreating Sycorax ship. Harriet Jones says it's defence. The mm-hmm. doctor says it's murder. Yeah. And he threatens sort of Harriet Jones. Mm-hmm. This is the first time we've seen. I mean, apart from Adam, but. Yeah. You know, you know what I think of Adam. We do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bad egg. Sex offender. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but this is the first time we've seen a likable character fall from grace. Yeah. In a big way as well, mm-hmm. because she's. Pretty much been the hero of the episode, or yeah. sort of a stalwart. Yeah, absolutely. For the, for the you know the side of good. Yeah, and the Doctor says he can take her down, take her entire government down with six words. Yeah, those words being, she looks a bit tired, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah, and which works. Yeah. Everyone starts questioning her mental state. Yeah, and you her, know we her it on the news. Office. Yeah, that you know yeah. people are starting to question, and, and the more and the more that happens. The more manic she appears, the more unstable she seems, and uh, we can kind of fill in the blanks from there. So, yeah, the Doctor just dismantling a government to prove a point. Yeah. I mean, I don't know whether I necessarily even agree with the Doctor in this. Like, I understand the position that they were retreating, but but Harriet Jones also makes, I think, the perfectly valid point that the Doctor's not always there to defend Earth. I think one of her justifications is if they get back out into space, they'll spread word about Earth, and next time it'll be more than just blood magic. A bit of a sombre note. Yeah, it is. It actually kind of reminds me of, uh, there's a third Doctor story, um, Doctor Who and the Silurians, which was the actual broadcast episode title. Great. Yeah, (laughs) which was a mistake on the part of the editors, but they just had to leave it in. Because up until that point, they never had Doctor Who and the Right in the thing. But anyway, so Doctor Who and the Silurians is the official canonical title of this story, Um and it's in the third Doctor era where it's a, a lot of it's Earth based with UNIT or a much bigger thing, uh, and Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart as the leader of mm-hmm. UNIT, who have has this they have this kind of uneasy mutual respect. Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart, he's a military man, he's a pragmatic man, uh, the Doctor. Generally speaking, is a as an anti-authority figure. He doesn't really like it when people get a bit too big for their boots mm-hmm. or a bit too stuck in their ways or or whatever. And basically, over the course of this episode, um, the, the the Silurian threat essentially is they're almost like terrorists wanting to take over the Earth. I won't go into too much detail, but the Doctor has basically proposed an amicable solution to them, but the Brigadier is having none of it and basically blows them up. Oh, really? And. So the Doctor kind of loses in that scenario, and is absolutely furious with the Brigadier. However, he handles it very differently, in that he's disappointed, but the respect is still there. Mm. And he understands that the Brigadier, as a man who was in charge of protecting Earth from alien threats, that's what he was going to do. Um... And so there's a, it seems like a very similar kind of scenario. But obviously the difference here being that whereas you know the the, the Doctor was still panning around with Brigadier Leth- Lethbridge-Stewart a few episodes later, with this he's, he has basically turned his back on Harriet Jones. Yeah. Um, Is this the last we see of Harriet Jones? Do you actually want me to answer that question? No, no, I don't think I do. Yeah, I'm no. not going to then do. Right, so the finale. yeah. Everyone's having Christmas dinner. Yeah. And it's lovely. Oh, and, it, oh, and it's snowing, but it's not... Uh, no, and they're shooting stars, but it's not no, actually snowing. No. It's just bits of um, disintegr- disintegrated cigarettes and, and, and bits of the ship uh, entering Earth's atmosphere. Yeah. Which I... God, what a, what a downer for, yeah, for a Christmas it's, Day. It's a nice sort <laughs> of, you know, saying how nice it is. But actually, it's horrible. Yeah, because there will be people unaware of what's going on. Yeah, you know, catching snowflakes on their tongue. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like <laughs> dead. Corpse of alien. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And yeah. there's a nice little bit here where the doctor dresses smart. Yeah, now, what I read into this is Eccleston's doctor was always leather jacket and t-shirt. Yeah, he was he was dressing to get business done. Really. Yeah, yeah. here. You know, he's wearing a nice suit, yeah. matching coat. Yeah. So all this said to me is this is a new doctor, this is a different doctor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what we were setting our stall out for. I think it's one of the it very quickly became established. It's kind of one of the essential aspects of each doctor has their own dress code, if you like, their own their own costume. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things that sets them apart and, and and it's an opportunity for us as a viewer to get a bit more of a feel of how this doctor is different from previous doctors i've i've heard um the the tense doctors um get up almost referred to as a geek chic yeah it's um because he's got like he's got the, the smart shoes and stuff but uh, sorry the smart suit but it's not it's more of an informal suit yes because yeah. it's sort of brown pinstripes and uh, and he's got uh, Converse sneakers yes. as well, yeah. so almost a little bit too cool, yeah. maybe. But I mean, Tennant can pull it off because he's a very handsome, skinny man. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> it, um, it it's an iconic look, isn't it? It definitely is. Um, let's not beat around the bush. I don't think we'd still have Doctor Who on the air if they hadn't cast someone as charming Mm. and easy on the eye as Mr. David Tennant Mm. um, to be the next Doctor. I think they made the right choice in going with Eccleston for Series 1, an actor with a real bit of gravitas. But then this was an opportunity for them to maybe lighten things up a bit in certain respects, have a bit more fun with it, make something a bit more accessible. They wanted to make rather than the pilot series having to... There's certainly, there is more confidence going into yes. this second yeah. series. Um, certainly, more budget. Yeah. Not a huge amount more, <laughs> but a noticeable <laughs> amount more. <laughs> okay. And it ultimately ends with Mickey being mopey again. Ah, oh, it'll poor probably Mickey. run back to Trisha Delaney.
1: Yeah, maybe.
0: And a nice ending yeah. with the Doctor saying, It's going to be fantastic. Oh, a little callback to yeah. Old Nine. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. It's cute, isn't it? Yeah, I so think, I think yeah. as a first introduction, I, I really quite like this. It's solid, you know. And you know what? Talking about it with you, I think I'm coming away with a greater appreciation of it than I did going in. I've not been the biggest fan of this episode always, mm. partly because I think uh, does it always go too long without the Doctor? I don't know. Mm. As someone who, who watches Doctor Who, it, as a large part because of the character of the Doctor, the things as well. As much as it goes a long time without the doctor, it doesn't have a great deal of rose in it either. No, it doesn't. And she, frankly, we haven't been touched with this, but she's quite annoying for a lot of this episode. I think, yeah, because she's, she, she's so mopey about oh, the fact that the doctor's out of it action. It seems all the lessons the doctor's taught her, yeah, immediately go out the window when yeah. he's not around. Yeah, you know, so that sort of courage and yeah. confidence that she's built up. Yeah, a lot of it does go now that yeah. she doesn't have that safety net of the Doctor. Yeah, though. yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. But it is a really solid introduction yeah. to Tenet as yeah. a Doctor, and that and those final scenes when he when he's on the Sycorax ship. Stuff, that, ah, that's a star-making performance. It really is. Yeah. There's so much confidence there, and just he just nails every line. Yeah, he's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. Um, and next up. Series two. Um, First episode, I think, New Earth. Okay. Um, Now, I've no idea what that's going to be because there was a trailer, but it was next time on this series. Yes. And I just thought, I can't be bothered. (laughs) You didn't didn't even watch it? No. You weren't missing Uh, much. It is a random assortment of very short clips. And specifically, I noticed short clips of the first four or five episodes maybe so they clearly hadn't (laughs) finished shooting the series when they were cutting together that trailer so uh you know it actually i'm glad you didn't watch it because it does spoil a couple of things um which i think will be lovely surprises so if you're okay with it i'm going to suggest that maybe you lay off the next time trailers for this series can you do that for me okay we'll go one series ah that's nice well, we'll see how we go. I'll almost certainly watch the first one. <laughs> yeah. All right, I think that's fair because when yeah. it did come to the parting of the ways and what have you, it does the revelation spell. of the Daleks yeah. was. It's just not there. Yeah, interestingly, also you've just dropped the title of a, of a classic Doctor Who serial there, Revelation of the Daleks. Is it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> We're not watching it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe we are. Uh, no, nah, probably not. I think it's one of the good ones Anyway um, Thanks very much for listening everyone Um, And we will see you again next time For New Earth Until then, cheerio Okay, bye now Thank you for listening to Neither The Time Nor The Space. Feel free to get in contact with us. Our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com. Alternatively, over Twitter, we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.